0: I'm an independent podcaster, and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hey, it's Stephen Ray Morris here. I am at the Natural History Museum uh, of Los Angeles because I'm gonna go to the Antarctic Dinosaurs Exhibit early. I'm super excited to check it out. Yeah, let's, I'm running late, so we should probably go. Welcome back to See Jurassic Rite. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and today we're going on a field trip back 200 million years to the Jurassic period, all the way down to Antarctica to see dinosaur. Okay, we're going to the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles, but I'm super excited and it was a total surprise because I had actually gone to this Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit in Chicago last year for Thanksgiving. Um, if you listen back to Minisode Seventeen, checking my notes, uh, that was where I talked about my experience. We had a little meetup and everything. It was such a blast, and I and I want to do more meetups. And I have, uh, well, there's a, something similar coming up. I'll mention later in the episode. But uh, yeah, it was a total surprise that it was coming to Los Angeles. So I wanted to thank Diana and Sally at the museum again for inviting me out to go see a little preview of it last week. And, uh, for people who have, who are listening, who have gone, gone to it in Chicago, I will say you got to go again if you're in LA because, uh, as you'll listen with my interview with, uh, Dr. Nate Smith later, the associate curator of the exhibit, they got to make some changes and some upgrades for when they moved it to Los Angeles. So, um... But if you are new to all this stuff and you're like, what dinosaurs in Antarctica, what's what's what in tarnation? Because um, that's exactly what you would say. Uh, I'll just provide a little bit of context for it. Um I mean, for me personally, uh, Antarctica is one of my favorite like things, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain, you know, true crime, Jurassic Park and dinosaurs, cats, all that stuff that I that I do. Antarctica is certainly one of my favorite uh, obsessions as well too. In 2009, 2009, no, 2008, uh, when I studied abroad in New Zealand, I went to the Christchurch Antarctic center, uh, because, uh, Christchurch in New Zealand is a hub for a lot of people traveling down to Antarctica. And so that was a really cool experience. And I learned a lot, uh, about Antarctica there. Um, but it really began when I saw the Werner Herzog documentary, um, encounters at the end of the world, which is just really about the kind of people that go down to Antarctica. And I've truly uh, been hooked ever since. So um, this is all just to be like, hey, if anybody wants to invite me down to Antarctica. Uh, No, but um, I actually almost there's like, there's been a couple times in my life where I've actually looked into applying to work at places there and stuff. I mean, so it's always been a kind of uh, a passion for mine. So that combined with dinosaurs, I was just like, what? This is the coolest. And yeah, I mean, obviously Antarctica wasn't always uh, covered in ice. So the, the, this exhibit is just really kind of sh- just, it's kind of magical in that sense because it's just a lot of things kind of, it just feels like a time and a place that we've kind of never really explored or thought about and stuff. And anyway, when, uh, you're going to hear an interview with Dr. Nate Smith later, the associate curator of the museum. And I kind of geek out about that a little bit to him. So, um, but yeah, look a little bit of context for this. Um, so it's opening here in Los Angeles at the natural history museum of Los Angeles, uh, County. (laughs) And <laughs> gotta be specific. Um, and the NHMLA, I have a, you know, I have a pass and everything like that. So I've been, it's just been, it's one of my favorite places to go to. So and it's one of my favorite naturalist museums. So, uh, I'm excited that they're getting this. Um, and it's running from April 3rd, uh, which is tomorrow uh if you're listening to this when it comes out, um, through January 5th. Uh so you got plenty of time to check it out. If you're traveling, you know, if you're from you know, if you're from somewhere else and you're traveling to Los Angeles, definitely make the I just hit the table. Definitely make the uh the trip to go see it. It's totally worth it. Um but yeah, it was created uh by the Naturist Museum in partnership with the Field Museum um in Chicago, the Naturist Museum of Utah and Salt Lake City, and Discovery Place in Charlotte. Um And, you know, from the press release, Antarctic Dinosaurs puts visitors in the shoes of Antarctic adventurer scientists, engaging them in the preparation, peril, and discovery of remote fieldwork. It follows the journey of modern day paleontologists, NHM's Dr. Nathan Smith and daughter, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Makovicki. Sorry, Pete, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Dr. Pete Makovicki, curator of dinosaurs at the Field Museum. As they mount an expedition to Antarctica's Mount Kirkpatrick in 2010-2011 and discover a new species of dinosaur and a better understanding of connections among dinosaur species discovered around the world. After experiencing the human side of modern Antarctic exploration, immersive environments transport visitors millions of years into the past to Antarctica's lush, temperate, prehistoric environment where crocodile-sized amphibians and elephant-sized dinosaurs once roamed. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's very cool, actually. Uh, the exhibition features full-size replicas of four species of dinosaurs. That's right, you get four, f- uh, four good boys. Um, uh, you get the twenty-five-foot-long predator, Cryolophosaurus. Um, a frozen crested lizard named for the bony sized ornamentation on its head. I remember because I've had, you know, just getting dinosaur dictionaries and books my whole life. I remember when Crylophosaurus was first discovered and it had this like, it almost looked like an Elvis type pompadour thing on its head. Uh, I remember that growing up. But I thought that was very cool. Um, and the idea that there was this like Dilophosaurus, because Crylophosaurus is one of its closest relatives, is the Dilophosaurus. And in fact, in the museum itself for the skeleton of Crylophosaurus when kind of rebuilding the skeleton, the fossil display, they actually used, uh, the Dolophosaurus kind of as reference and its bones to sort of complete, you know, kind of to fill in the gaps. Um, there's also the elephant-sized herbivore, uh, Glaci, uh, ooh, this is, this is a tough one. Uh, Glacialosaurus, and two recently discovered and yet to be named sauropodomorphs, which is such a cute name. It's like, I'm a sauropodomorph. I'm a weirdo dinosaur. Um, early relatives of the giant long-necked uh, four-legged herbivores like Brachiosaurus and Titanosaurus. Um, unlike their popular cinematic cousins, these new species are smaller. Um, and I'm turning the page. <laughs> uh, they're actually juvenile specimens and they're about the size of Labrador retrievers um and so yeah so which like sauropods are obviously some of my favorite dinosaurs if not my favorite dinosaurs I'm looking at you uh to see these little long necks is really they're really quite adorable the displays make them out look really cool uh but yeah it's the, this is just a little context for as you dive in. Again, this episode, you know, it's not going to be long, but, um, I just wanted to share a little bit about my experience there. So I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But right now I wanted to go into opening remarks from Dr. Lori Battison Varga. She is the president and director of the Natural History Museum, as well as Gretchen Baker, vice president of exhibitions. They, When we got to the museum, they basically gave opening remarks, just not only talking about how exciting this exhibit is, um, ex- how exciting the work is, and also kind of providing the context for I just hit the table again, uh, <laughs> for why this is important. And I think that's one of those reasons why I'm obsessed with Antarctica, not only because just of its place now and its place in the past, but, um, really as that kind of, uh, sort of symbol of, you know, the, what is happening with climate change and everything like that. So, the, uh, both of the remarks are really cool because it kind of was, it's kind of just setting this mood, setting this tone for you as you go in, um, because, again, it's so fun, but it's also this exhibit, I think, is just really important um, in that sense. So uh, let's just hear some opening remarks, and then we'll kind of just dive in. And so I'm going to, you're again, you're going to hear their opening remarks um, and some other fun things. Uh, and then I'll kind of talk about my experience, and then we'll go into an interview with Dr. Nathan Smith at the end. So sit back, go 200 million years ago, or just to last Wednesday, and enjoy...
2: So I want to welcome you to uh, this really special exhibition that you're seeing today. It was co-developed with us and with staff and scientists from the Discovery Place in Charlotte, North Carolina, the National History Museum of Utah, and the Field Museum in Chicago. And this is its West Coast debut. I want to start by thanking Vice President of Exhibitions, Gretchen Baker, and her amazing team for playing a key role in the design and installation at our venue. And I have to say, it looks spectacular. And I just want to give a shout out to all of uh, the team in our exhibitions department for pulling off such a beautiful exhibition. You're going to be hearing more from Gretchen in a moment. And uh, one of our stars, one of the stars, stars of the museum, stars of the exhibition, Nate Smith, Dr. Nate Smith, raise your hand. Um, you will immediately recognize him after you've been through, <laughs> been through the exhibition because he is indeed one of the stars of this, um, this exhibition itself. He's going to be showing you around downstairs so you can get firsthand stories from a scientist who was at the scene excavating dinosaurs in Antarctica and who helped develop this exhibition. And what he and the exhibition team did was really tell an experiential story. You're going to travel back in time uh, to a couple of different periods in Antarctica's past. Now, you're going to go way back to what geologists like me like to call deep time, so about 200 million years ago, to when Antarctica was very different than it is today, back when it was lush and forested, and it was teeming with elephant-sized dinosaurs. Kind of amazing, right? You're also going to travel back and actually initially to a more recent time, about 100 years ago, to to learn about how the first explorers and scientists made the dangerous journey to Antarctica. And then finally, you're going to learn about the adventures of Nate and his partner in science, Dr. Pete McAvicki from the Field Museum. They made several uh, expeditions to Antarctica to discover and then figure out how to excavate the amazing dinosaur fossils that are featured in the exhibition. You, you all know that we have amazing dinosaurs on display here, and scientists that are working on those in our Dinosaur Institute, making new discoveries all the time. You have surely been to the Jane G. Pisano Dinosaur Hall, which is across the way, and um, upstairs. Uh, we have the Dino Lab, where people, that visitors, actually can see real scientists and preparators working on our recent discoveries. So this is a really nice complement to the work that we already do, um, but it's also really fun because people are going to discover something that they could never have really imagined ever being um, true, which is this ice place that we know of today was a lush forested environment with dinosaurs. Yeah, I think most of us think about Montana, right? But Antarctica, no. So it's going to be a really great opportunity for people to uh, be inspired, uh, to think about um, the, the past, and then to learn how scientists today are using the information that we've discovered about the past to understand today and the future. So at the end of the exhibition, you're going to hear, you'll learn a little bit about what scientists are doing to look at uh, the ecological changes that are happening in the past but how that relates to today and to climate change today so it's a really um, it's a fabulous exhibition I think you're gonna have a wonderful time going through it uh, it's gonna expand your mind you'll feel the wonder of discovery which is what we love to do here and uh, you'll get a sense of the fact that This institution, like other institutions that do what we do, we're essentially research institutions that are learning about the past to tell us about today, and um, and that we love to share it with the public. So you're going to have a chance to go down shortly, Uh, but right now I want to invite our VP for Exhibitions, Gretchen Baker, to come up. Thank you. I know some of you had quite a journey to get
3: here this morning in the traffic, and Um, I just want to reassure you that it took a lot longer to put the exhibition together. So we're going to make it worth your while. Um, It was about six years ago when I was at the Field Museum working in the exhibition department and I received a phone call from Pete Makovicki, and he said, I I found some dinosaurs in Antarctica. I think we should do something with them. And of course, um, I know. Very little about Antarctica, but it holds a place in our imaginations as do dinosaurs. So I think it's a perfect combination of these two topics that uh, resonate with a lot of people, but they seem like a very distant place and a very distant time. So we're hoping to bring that alive for all of our visitors in this exhibition. So when you go through, you're going to see everything from the um, gear and um, clothing of some of the explorers that were in Edmund Scott's doomed expedition to Antarctica about 100 years ago, all the way to actual fossils that define new species of um, dinosaurs that are new to science. So it's a wonderful exhibition, with lots of things to do and touch. Um, So I hope you have a terrific time in the exhibition and share it with your friends. Um, And if you're ready to start your journey, then we can head down the stairs and I'll meet you there. Thank you. (laughs)
0: all right, I hope that set the mood that set the tone. It was, you know, lush, but temperate and everything like that. So, uh, <laughs> no, the, the Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit, uh, what surprised me the most, if anything, was that it was downstairs um, at the Naturalist Museum. So it really had a lot of room to breathe. And I think that really, you know, if I'm going to compare anything from the L.A. To the, to the here, you know, from the Chicago uh, setup to here in L.A., is that you really are allowed to be immersed in it. And by having it be, because that's the other thing for, if you remember, you know, just thinking back to my remarks um, about the Field Museum version of this exhibit, um, everything was kind of intertwined um, in the sense, and the thing that I think is really powerful about this exhibit is it's showing you the process about digging up uh, the bones and how kind of insane and amazing and impressive that is with the kind of going back in time and seeing these dinosaurs that lived in this environment, um, because they had so much room, it, it's more of a linear experience of kind of going back in time than coming back out, uh, you know, that out the other side into the modern world. But what that, what makes that really special is that you just really, I mean, you really feel like you're going on a journey, Um, and again, because it's so big, I think you're kind of allowed to kind of take your time and kind of sit there in that space and ruminate on stuff like that. So that's kind of my overall general impression of in general impression of this version here in Los Angeles. I think that's going to be really special. I think for people who really want to take their time in exhibits, they want to read every plaque they want to read. You know, they want to see the gear, you know, from the original Scott expedition to Antarctica because, again, they give a little context for traveling down to Antarctica. And they also, um, you know, they're playing videos about what it takes to actually go down there, you know, the type of training and stuff you have to do. I mean, it's so dangerous. Um, and also giving the context for the environment now in Antarctica, that it's actually a desert. It's, you know, sure, there's snow and ice and stuff like that. But the reality is Antarctica is one of the most maybe not the most, but maybe one of the most dry places on Earth, one of the most dry places on Earth. Somebody check my grammar. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of giving you all that context. And then all, then you start to go back in time and see like, okay, now what are they actually finding? You know, um, again, all these different dinosaurs and all the just these giant amphibians, it's like, they have like a display of this little like salamander boy. I mean, it's not a salamander, but it's like a giant frog salamander looking creature. That's like as big as a dog. And, uh, there's a, there's a puzzle, you know, cause we, you know, we think about Pangea and, uh, you know, as the, you know, as the earth is breaking up and stuff. And they, so they have a little like 3d puzzle that, you know, for kids that can interact with and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And that's the thing too, about this exhibit, you know, as you're traveling back, there's these moments for interaction and stuff. Um, I like it because there's so much to do for, for kids, but it's not in a way that isn't like, it's not like getting in the way it's not at the expense of the kind of things that we like as kind of nerdy adults. Um, but I think there's plenty for both. I mean, I think this is the kind of exhibit where, where everyone's just going to be like staring at stuff like wide, you know, wide eyed and open mouthed. Um, and that's, yeah, it, it, it's a really nice balance. And then, you know, again, as you're going back in time, you're learning about the, the, the you know not only the fauna but the flora as well because again people are like what like it's antarctica how is it you know like why is it but the reality is it's there is these beautiful and like these huge forests and stuff of course um but you almost get the sense that maybe there's like a little like it's like a frosty jungle and it's not quite that but um there's a really great common descent episode uh which is a great podcast uh about this idea of like just night, uh, uh, you know, cause when you're down by the poles, it's, you know, light, you know, during the summer, it's like light almost 24 seven. And during the winter, it's, you know, dark almost 24 seven. And so how would, uh, what would a world like that look like where it's, you know, either day, uh, day, all day, <laughs> night or all night. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost hard to imagine, uh, you know, what that would be like, but it, there's just something very evocative and almost kind of magical in a weird way about it. But, um, yeah, you get to learn a little, you get to learn about the plants and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, what kind of trees and stuff would grow and yeah. And well, and also the reality too, is that, you know, the, the, you know, the land masses are so different then. So it's kind of, you have to really kind of put yourself in that place. It's not like what it is now. And so they do a really great job of transporting you back, uh, back in time. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and I could describe every little bits and pieces and stuff, but, um, I think as far as, you know, context goes for you planning your visit, I think this is the kind of thing that you'll want to, uh really go- I think if you're going to the museum I think it's something you should do first I think you it could really set the tone for your whole day you know you start at the bottom and then uh of the museum you know you can go to the dinosaur hall later but I think this is kind of a it, it had a very a uh, kind of peaceful vibe in a way too. Oh, one of the really fun things I forgot to mention about this day in particular was that obviously Dr. Na- Nathan Smith was there, and so he was really kind of he wasn't guiding us per se through the exhibit. He really like what was nice is that they let us kind of take our time and I got to hang back and, you know, read plaques about uh temperature changes and you know, I got to, to read about the, you know, the Crylophosaurus and how they went into rebuilding the skeleton. Uh, but there was one point in the exhibit where they kind of show the tools, not kind of, they show the tools of how they get the dinosaur bones out because it's not... You don't just dig the way, you know, Dr. Alan Grant digs in Jurassic Park in the desert. It's a much different process for when you're digging up bones in Antarctica. And so they really have these really fun interactive displays with the tools. And uh, Dr. Nathan Smith, you know, was really kind of encouraging us to get in there and try stuff. So, um, yeah, you'll hear a little bit about, you'll hear that right now.
1: So don't be shocked. The saw is the same thing. You can actually saw, well, you can't actually saw with it, but you can go through the motion how we get most of that stuff down there so it, it does look like this a lot of paleontology that maybe you're familiar with we're out and we're kind of making plaster jackets to kind of encase the fossil and bring it back but it's actually too cold for that plastic to set up and a lot of glues as well so most of the quarrying that we do especially at the dinosaur site we just have to kind of quarry and chunk out large blocks that include both the fossil and the rock and take those out and that includes kind of sawing them out with saw cuts we're also drilling you can carve a big hole, take down these feathers and wedges, and create a line of those drill holes and pound these through, try to get a block, into a catwalk. See, behind you is an example of an actual block that still has some fossil material in it that we've got on display for you to touch as well. But don't be shy. Try out the tools. See if we got it right.
0: <laughs> uh, and with that, let's, you know, let's, let's talk about Dr. Nathan Smith. I'll, I want to read his bio a little bit and then we'll get into his interview. I mean, it was a short little interview. Was, I was probably the last person to talk to him of the day. So he was very nice to answer my questions uh, because I certainly didn't necessarily think I was going to get to talk to him. So I didn't really. So I hope my questions were interesting. I um, was just trying to think of what y'all would want to hear. Um, but yeah, he is, he, you know, I'm going to read his little bio that they gave us just so you get a little context for who he is. As an associate curator in the Dinosaur Institute, Dr. Nathan Smith supervises the Dinosaur Institute staff and conducts paleontological research in support of the Institute's, Institute's programs. Originally from Crystal Lake, Illinois, Nate grew up fascinated with dinosaur science and baseball. He received a BA in biology from Augustana College, an MS, Master's of Science, right? In geoscience from the University of Iowa, and a PhD in evolutionary biology from the University of Chicago. Nate also served as the postdoctoral research scientist at the Field Museum of Natural History and an associate professor of biology at Howard University before joining the Natural History Museum in 2015. So he's been all over to Antarctica, Argentina, China, southwestern U.S., um, and he has just done so much work. Um, you know, he's focused on the evolution and uh, bioge- biogeography of Jurassic, Jurassic, dinosaurs, Cenozoic water birds, uh, sclerotinian corals, Ugh, almost nailed it. And the application of phy- uh, phylogenetic comparative methods to broad questions in, sy- in systemic, systematic biology and paleontology. Uh, and, uh, you know, so he's doing some great work, <laughs> uh, but you know, really, we're here to focus on the Antarctic dinosaurs exhibit. And yeah, it was such a pleasure to chat with him. I wish I could have gotten to chat with him more. But I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad. I'm usually one of those people that doesn't like to bug people in person. I like to ask, you know, whatever for anyway. I But I just uh, I think Diana kind of kicked me into him, you know, so that I could ask him a couple of questions So take a listen to my conversation with Dr. Nathan Smith. I just wanted to ask, like, coming here to L.A., like, are you excited for this space and everything? Like, to, to oh, have for the, the exhibit? Yeah, to have this exhibit Yeah, this absolutely.
1: Space. We had, I mean, it, the, the exhibit in, in Chicago was fantastic. Um, and doing it second, you kind of get the advantage of making some tweaks, if you want to, to some of the content. We also have, in, in our gallery hall, a little more space to lay things out. So there were some tight corners that we were able to adjust and things like that. And a, a couple other kind of additions... Um, that we did, including also kind of rearranging a few sections. So you're still getting the same experience and the same content with just a little a little
0: extra twist and a little more L.A. flavor to it. No, I love it. It's like, I mean, I loved it in Chicago, but it's it, I feel like you kind of, you allow the, like, Antarctica-ness of it to kind of, like, take over in the space. And, like, for me, like, Antarctica and dinosaurs are, like, my two favorite things. So to have them, like, combined... So what was it about, like, those two things together? Like, have you been excited to see people's reaction to, like... I don't know, like oh, the, yeah. two, the, the I mean, concept is so like cool, and I feel like for the public it's probably like a really new experience to have those two things together. Right? And
1: that was one of the challenges early on, was that we, we really had too many stories to tell, right? We could do a whole exhibit that was just about historical exploration of Antarctica, or a whole exhibit that is just kind of a narrative of one field expedition down there, or a whole exhibit about penguins and how Antarctica kind of transformed today so coming up with a balance of kind of putting those things together to tell those stories but have kind of a theme unite them about what it's like to be in Antarctica what we're finding there and what it tells us about the past was um, was a challenge compared to other exhibits that can you know that have a little more predetermined kind of focus or or boundaries Um, (laughs) and the name even the name like was a fun thing because we kicked around a lot of options and they were kind of some with more like flowery language or kind of with semicolons or colons and then like a bigger term and at the end of the day it was like well it's antarctica and dinosaurs like (laughs) these are the two hooks that are going to get people in there like like, let's just stick with that that's going to be sexy enough
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no that's so cool and like i love this i think for i feel like in a lot of like psycom now it's really about showing like the the work involved like Early on, was it like? Do you, did you want to have like showing people the process of it too?
1: Yeah, absolutely, because that's one of the things that kind of distinguishes this from uh, other other dinosaurs and other exhibits, right? Is that the story behind these is more than just you know, in the summer we go out and we collect you know another T Rex or another Triceratops. It's you know how we get there and how we get these things out is an amazing story, and narrative all all unto itself. Yeah. Have you been to Antarctica
0: back since you've, de- since you've been working on this?
1: Yes. So that we were there last winter for about three months oh, cool. in, a, in a different site. So not the dinosaur site. is from the Beardmore Glacier area. We were a little further south in an area by the Shacklin Glacier, oh, cool. um, which has fossils from an older time period, from kind of the end of the Permian and the beginning of the Triassic. Mm-hmm. So Those little
0: guys that were in that first case there, Theranaxanon, Lystrosaurus, we're finding a lot more of those. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're hoping that like... And I guess I feel like maybe like now too with Netra it's like trying to show that this is like a living exhibit, so it's like your work is still going to be continuing on with this?
1: Absolutely, yeah. We still have, I mean, we're still preparing and working on some of the fossils um, that we collected back in 2010 and even before then. You know, we still have some of these new dinosaurs to describe, and we we still have just kind of unpacked and started <laughs> preparing the
0: the hall from last winter. So. That's so cool. So yeah, this is like almost like just the beginning. It's going to keep us busy for a while. That's yes. cool. Thank you for your time. Yeah, um, of course. I guess my last question would be just for the, like cinema side of things like if there's one sort of dinosaur creature from this exhibit that you would want to see like in a movie like what do you think would like be the coolest creature or like element from from or even just maybe seeing Antarctica in back then like seeing Antarctica back then is going to be is going to be really cool if we can get that
1: um the thing I would probably pick would be Antarctosuchus, one of those big toilet lid tenospondyl amphibians just because it's (laughs) You know from kind of a body plan and a a group like they haven't they they haven't gotten as much coverage as kind of the sea monsters the mosasaurs or the meat eaters and the plant eaters and so that would that would be fun to to watch that kind of get brought to life on the big screen because it's you know it's kind of new
0: territory (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you so much yeah this is so cool all right i'm leaving the natural history museum to continue my day and to go and record mfm tonight uh, wow, that was an incredible experience. It was so much fun to uh, get this, to get to see the museum in a new light. Uh, I probably have already shared my thoughts and stuff. Uh, I'm just recording stuff now randomly, uh, but yeah, it was amazing. It was great to meet Nate. It was great to talk to him. And now, if anything, I'm just really excited to go with you uh, and talk to you guys about it. Especially, you know, if you're in Southern California or if you, uh, you know, just want to come out and go to the museum. I'm driving right now. Also. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's the truck. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit is amazing. Like I was asking Nate. It's just like dinosaurs capture the imagination and so does Antarctica. And to just sort of see them together, I think truly, truly somebody uh, is watching uh, out for me uh, because those are my two favorite things. And yeah, it was so incredible. And I'm already, I mean, I have a past, so I'm already like, you know, I'm already planning to go back for sure as much as possible. It's on until January, so I think I have some time. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Nathan Smith and my little wrap up in the car. Uh Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Diana and Sally from the Natural History Museum for inviting me out to see this. Truly was a dream come true. And yeah, th- you know, uh I hope you all get to go again. It's uh starting tomorrow if you're listening uh, when this comes out all the way through through January 5th. So you've got plenty of time, no excuses, Uh, (laughs) but um, a couple other announcements. Uh, Funnily enough, Allie Ward, um, host of ologies. Uh, You know, if you're not listening to ologies, you need to be doing that. Uh, It's basically a a podcast where she interviews scientists about their work and about their lives. And it's truly one of my favorite podcasts to work on. And also one of my favorite podcasts in general. Um, It's yeah, it's really great. You should totally check it out. But this week she did an episode called field trip, how to change your life via the natural history museum of Los Angeles. And not only does she interview, you know, various uh, scientists that she's already worked on about, um, you know, about the museum and everything like that, but also provides a lot of context for, uh, the journey that she's gone on. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I remember listening to this when I was listening to her other podcasts, you know, about how the naturalist museum changed her life. And, uh, she kind of put it into a really, um, digestible form here in this episode and the, in this ologies episode. And it's super inspiring. Maybe made me cry a little bit. Um, it's really great. And yeah, like, It's just funny that in the same week, we're both doing naturalist and museum-related episodes. Um, But it doesn't stop there because she does a thing for First Fridays, which is a really great – experience at the Natural History Museum, where you go, you get to walk amongst the exhibits, there's talks. Um, you know, a lot of museums, a lot of naturalist museums do this. And Naturalist Museum here in Los Angeles is one of the best ones doing it. And she gives a talk called Secrets from the Vault, where you get to see her basically do like a little live-ish uh, version of ologies. And you get to see things that you might not normally see when you go to the museum. So, um, the next one is... Well, it's actually this Friday. It's April April 5th. So if you're listening to this this week, definitely make it out to go. It's totally worth it. Um, and then the next one that she's doing is June 7th. But there's also a first Friday on uh, the first week of May as well, too. But um, if you want to see Allie give, to, uh, give a cool interview with a scientist, uh, April uh, 5th and June 7th are when to check it out. Um, I'm trying to think of what else that is going on. But yeah, so lots of history museum stuff. Thank you again for listening, everybody. So the final announcement that I wanted to mention that is museum related is that Friday, April 12th, uh, I'm going to throw a little early birthday party at the Natural History Museum. Uh, my actual birthday is April 17th, uh, but on April 12th, on Friday night, uh, I'm going to get to invite people to come and enjoy the Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit with me for free, free parking, all that great stuff. Uh, I'm planning other things. There might maybe there's a piñata involved, some you know some mini dinosaurs, some snacks, some food, all that great stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. I was like, I don't really want to. I like, I was like, maybe, I don't know. I'm not really like a huge birthday person, but I was like, well, if I can go to this Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit and show people. Uh, that would be really awesome if you, you know, if you're a regular listener and you're and you live in LA and you want to go, um, be sure to join the sea Jurassic Right podcast Facebook group for details about how to go if you want. Uh, but yeah, it's I think I mean I'm still just wrapping around my head around it. I'm wrapping my head around it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it should be really fun because the Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit is it's it's there's a lot of replay value as well. I mean, I. That's my general philosophy with museums is that, you know, getting to go more than once to an exhibit, you really get to get to know it. You get to read the plaques that maybe you didn't read the first time, making new connections, all that great stuff. So I'm super excited for that. So join the Sea Jurassic Right uh, Facebook group, uh, Sea Jurassic Right podcast, or just follow on all the socials to get the details and stuff like that. Um, Again, thank you everyone for listening. This has been so awesome. I hope, again, I hope to do more in the field stuff like this uh, more often. Uh, and let me know, uh, you know, let me know if I should come to a natural history museum near you. Uh, <laughs> again, follow on Sea Jurassic Right on uh, on Instagram, SJR Pod on Twitter, Stephen Ray Morris on Twitter, Sea um, Jurassic Right Podcast Facebook group. Hold on to those chilly butts and let life find a way in Antarctica, LA, or anywhere really. <laughs> and I'll see you next time.